0: Is an Odyssey original.
1: This is Coronavirus Daily. I'm
2: Charles Feldman. I'm Mike Simpson from the KX Odyssey Studios in Los Angeles. The FDA has approved the booster shots from Pfizer and Moderna for all American adults. CDC expected to sign off.
1: Another side effect of the pandemic, more people are being diagnosed with eating
2: disorders. And you might be out of luck if you want the kids to see Santa at the mall this year. But we start with the booster shots. They've been approved for all American adults by the FDA and a CDC panel. Dr. William Schaffner, Professor of Preventative Medicine and Infectious Diseases at Vanderbilt. So doctor, is it just time to say that this vaccine really is three doses and not two?
3: Well, I would say that. Uh, I think officially people are not saying that, but it really does look as though what we thought could be a two-dose vaccine is really a three-dose vaccine. And now it's great. I think as soon as Rochelle Walensky, the CDC director, gives the sign-off, everyone age 18 or over will be eligible. They'll have it available. And absolutely strongly recommended for everybody 50 and older to get that booster.
2: Yeah, I was going to say, is that where the language gets kind of parsed out? Because they can okay them for everyone. They can say, yeah, you can get one if you want one. Or have they broken it up? Or are they going to break it up again where they say, okay, the 65 plus crowd, we know because you were always on the list for the boosters. But now we're saying if you, like you mentioned, are 50 or older, then yeah, you really should. You're being urged to go out and get one.
3: Absolutely, everybody 50 and older. Now, we should also say something about people who received originally the J&J vaccine. They should wait just two months and all of them, whatever their age, they should definitely get a booster.
1: What about people, a doctor, who got their initial to fairly early on, and maybe it's a lot longer now because they keep hearing this figure about at least six months, but for some people, it's gonna translate to, oh, but it's been eight months or maybe nine months for me, is that still good?
3: It's not only good, it may actually be a little bit better. It's very strange the way the immune system works. But once we prime it, it will remember. And if we give it a little more time to mature, sometimes it responds even better. So a little bit longer, maybe even better.
2: And smart to put Moderna on the list with Pfizer just because they already authorized some mixing and matching, right? So now it's just a a no-brainer. Wherever you make your appointment, if you go in, then they've got one of these two. Just take it. That's the one you're going to get.
3: That's exactly right.
1: So when do we get told that we need a fourth shot? (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
3: Well, we may down the road, but let's give that a little bit of time. You know, there are very clever vaccine scientists already trying to combine influenza vaccine with COVID vaccine in the anticipation that we might need an annual booster of them both. And if that worked, then we just have to roll up one sleeve, not two.
2: There is a separate theory, though, that after three, if these really do end up being the three dose vaccines like this could buy us even longer than the six to eight months. Maybe this is a year or two or whatever it ends up being. And maybe you need another one down the line or maybe your body will just remember this all someday like it's supposed to.
3: Wouldn't wouldn't that be great? Because we do have vaccines that after three doses last essentially a lifetime. The old hepatitis B vaccine is that way. And I've got my fingers crossed. You can't see it here on radio, but I do. I hope the protection is for a long duration.
1: Now, what about people who are, you know, there are still people, as we know, who are adamant about getting vaccinated uh, and are now saying, well, you know what? Uh, I keep hearing about these pills, the Pfizer one, the Merck one that are probably going to be available fairly soon. So if I get sick with COVID, I'll just call my doctor and I'll get a prescription. I'll run down to the pharmacy. I'll take that. and I'll be good as new.
3: Uh, Those are the same people who like to play roulette Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) because they're taking a chance that if they get sick, they'll be diagnosed quickly enough and the, the uh, pills will be readily available. And that may be right, but you are taking a chance. I prefer to have a one-two punch. First the vaccine, and then if I need it later, I'll have those pills available.
2: Dr. William Schaffner, Professor of Preventative Medicine, Infectious Diseases, Vanderbilt University School of Medicine. Doctor, thanks.
1: Eating disorders are becoming more prevalent and mental health issues related to the pandemic are partly to blame, but family members are also noticing those disorders more since people have been spending more time at home.
2: The number of people hospitalized with eating disorders has doubled since the pandemic began. Lauren Smaller is Senior Director of Programs of the National Eating Disorders Association. Uh, Lauren, how has COVID made things worse?
4: The pandemic really heightened issues all around that could bring upon eating disorder concerns. There was uh, food concerns with access to food in the grocery stores right at the beginning, um, heightened levels of anxiety and stress. It it really all can contribute to um, issues that may have already been present or, or coming on with new issues that people haven't experienced before
2: related to eating disorders. Okay, so some of it is getting exacerbated because of the world we're living in right now. I'm also wondering, though, maybe some others are kind of being spotted. Maybe kids are coming home from college or, or you're noticing a family member and you're thinking, maybe I'm seeing some signs here or something like that. Could that also maybe play a role?
4: Yeah, absolutely. We know that when people were living in closer quarters uh, for a while, that also sometimes exacerbated symptoms. There are opportunities that people didn't have before that presented um, opportunities for them to seek help or for them to recognize that they had issues that they maybe had other coping skills for before that the pandemic eliminated.
1: So is there an expectation that as the uh, pandemic hopefully wanes, uh, that some of these issues will soften somewhat?
4: Well, we certainly hope that some of the anxiety and the stress that people have been experiencing for the last couple of years now will reduce, Um, but some of this has just raised conversations and awareness that haven't been possible before. Uh, There have been opportunities for people to get help virtually that weren't available prior to the pandemic, Uh, and there is also the conversation that has been started, so conversations just like this one, where people now have more awareness about eating disorders and the opportunity to get help that they may not have been aware of before.
2: And you also hope that's what happens, right? Because you do want to reach out to somebody and get some help while you're noticing that maybe you're struggling and and you're still going about your daily life, because what we mentioned at the top there is hospitalizations because of this are increasing. So that's at a point where either you've not sought out the care and it's gotten really bad or you need something like acute. You have to go to the hospital because you're, you're in such bad shape.
4: Yeah. Exactly. So we really do hope that people are reaching out earlier. If you are concerned about yourself or you're concerned about a loved one uh, and their relationship with their body or relationship with food, we really do encourage you to reach out earlier rather than later. Our helpline is a great staff resource to uh, talk to somebody who's trained to speak about these issues and get you connected with the care that you need. Are these
1: issues impacting uh, across all demographics uh, in terms of age and also in terms of gender?
4: Yeah, we are seeing that it's really not discriminatory. It's been affecting people of all different ages and genders and ethnicities.
2: If you are worried about somebody, but it's one of those things and we can apply this to a whole bunch of areas where you're afraid to say something or you think it's awkward, what do you what do you do? How do you start that conversation?
4: If you're not sure how to start that conversation, we really do recommend that you call our helpline at 800-931-2237. We also have an online chat. So if you go to nationaleatingdisorders.org forward slash helpline, you can chat or text with a trained volunteer to start that conversation. But you can also just start with a very non-judgmental way of bringing your concerns to your loved one and letting them know that you're there and that you are encouraging them to get the support that they need.
2: All right. Lauren Smaller, Senior Director of Programs, the National Eating Disorders Association.
1: Coming up after a short break, how hard will it be to find a mall Santa this year? If you got kids, you know all about taking them to the mall during the holiday season to meet Santa. But that might be a little harder this year. We've been hearing about all sorts of shortages during the pandemic. Now... It looks like we've got a shortage of Santa Clauses.
2: Many Santas are being especially cautious because of COVID. Timothy Conahan is the National Santa for the Kringle Group, National Santa for the Marine Corps. Uh, Timothy, what's going on with the uh, Santa Clauses this year?
0: Well, I, what has happened is that uh, about eighty percent of the Santas that I surveyed uh, this year said that uh, they've had their shots, they've had their uh, boosters, and things they're ready to go to work and everything. Uh, but uh, about Eighteen percent of them uh, said that uh, they're going to take the year off. There's just it's 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 the fact that they're a not enough of their clients want them to come back. In other words, even the families are kind of I think uh, holding off a little bit. And then these Santas decided, you know, let's just be safe and we'll take one more year off. So uh, that does create a bit of a shortage uh, in, in some areas.
2: So there's there's fewer events out there too. I mean, some Santas, maybe they're in an older age group and they don't feel safe going out even with their shots. But then are there like fewer places for the Santas to go?
0: There there are. You know, I I do a lot of special events and a lot of the companies and the people that put those special events together, some of them are, again, are also waiting another year, you know, or they're going to do a virtual type event. Uh, I'm actually doing a virtual event for Viacom on uh, Wednesday. And we're going to go nationwide with a little storytelling. So, uh, you know, there are things like that going on. In fact, virtual visits are uh, grew tremendously last year. Uh, uh, Zuhu is a big company that's doing uh, thousands of them, tens of thousands of them. Uh, and uh, it's just, you know, one of those unique things. that's evolved because of the, the virus. Uh, but hopefully next year we'll be back uh, to a little more normal type thing what about elves <laughs> i never thought i'd ask that question what, what other shortages elves? do we have yeah do we have a shortage of uh, elves which i guess we're short anyway no 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 and the elves very fortunately because of the magic of christmas and the magic of everything they're
2: impervious to covid
1: ah so. <laughs> good news it's good news straight good from news. the source
2: is there like a uh, like a santa training academy is there a santa boot camp Uh, Well, the the Santa boot camp we just finished today with, uh, we're working
0: with Old Navy, and this was a a very special project. Uh, This is another area where there's a shortage, and that is diverse Santas. There are a lot of areas in the country where the families, uh, they've had the traditional Santa Claus, someone who looks like me, you know, Caucasian, white beard and everything. And yet in their community, there are very few black Santas or Hispanic Santas or even Asian Santas. So uh, Old Navy came up with the idea of having a uh, boot camp to invite people who maybe want to be Santa ambassadors. And uh, so we're doing that. In fact, uh, they've got a special website set up. People can go and watch a video. And I'm there along with uh, Santa Dion, uh, Santa Brian from Los Angeles and some others. And we're kind of giving handy hints on how to be an ambassador, how to greet children and talk to them.
1: Well, and, uh, I, I, what's an, how do you become a other than physical appearance, how do you become Santa Claus? Santa How do you become Santa Claus? Well yeah. I become a good, fortunate. One. good ambassador
0: this is, this is my fifty third year. I started in Vietnam doing it for my, wow. my buddies. And my beard was shaving cream in those days. <laughs> you know <laughs> and uh, then I came home and worked here in Los Angeles for Bullocks. Uh, wow! Okay. Was better for them for three years. Uh, all all is a 21, 22 years old. But uh, uh, and and through my through my uh, my career and my work, uh, it just evolved. And when I got to the retirement point, you know, I I threw the razor away, and lo and behold, I'm Santa
2: Claus. It <laughs> <laughs> <Good> works. <laughs> how how do the kids like the virtual thing? I mean, if you had to do it last year, and maybe you got to do it this year, but does it go over? Well, the
0: virtual it, it does. And there are a lot of advantages for families and stuff because they can uh, it's an experience for the kids. Uh, in some cases, we're, we're doing some uh, with uh, Zuhu. One of the things we're doing is we're doing about 10,000 of these with armed forces personnel all over the world. And here's here's the family here in the States and dad or mom is on duty overseas. Grandma's in San Diego, and Harriet's in Maine, and they can all be together on one virtual conference together with Santa. Huh. And so it does make a special thing. And of course, Santa has all the information about the kids. So he's yeah. uh, he always he knows. Spend yeah. a little more time than he does locally in the mall. I'm not, I'm not in it.
1: So, so Santa, uh, what I would like for Christmas is an all-expense-paid trip to Bora Bora. Can I get that?
0: Ah. Uh, you know, somebody told me I should be checking on Charles and Mike.
4: So, <laughs> you know? What
0: list are we on? Yeah, we're we in the A list. You know, you know, my magic is toys. Ah, uh, that's the key thing. You know, okay, I get of having a Lamborghini. Like your... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I get requests like that, but you know, and sometimes difficult questions too. Children want Santa to fix a divorce. Uh, or, or you know, bring somebody back. That uh, what do you what do, do you say to a kid who something? says that?
1: What do you say to a kid who says, I want you to fix a divorce?
0: Well, first thing you want to do is let them know you heard what they said. Acknowledge what they said and and let them know that you hope that things will work out. But even if they don't remember that both parents love you, Santa loves you, too. And somewhere in there, I'll add in that my magic is really toys. You know, Uh, I can't wave a magic wand and, and fix things like that. Social things are very, very hard.
2: Santa always knows the right answer though. Yeah. Right. yeah uh, no. Timothy Conahan, National Santa for the Kringle Group, National Santa for the Marine Corps. Go see him at the Hollywood Christmas Parade and uh, Google the picture too, because this guy we talked to yeah. is that Santa Claus. I think it's the real yeah, one. Yeah, no, I think so too. Another weird
1: COVID nineteen story out of the NFL, Tampa Bay Buccaneers wide receiver Antonio Brown is being accused of using a fake vaccination card to avoid strict NFL rules for unvaccinated players. Now, Brown's former personal chef says that he was asked about getting a fake vaccine card over the summer before the season started. And the chef says he's only going public with this information because Brown owes him $10,000. Brown's attorney disputes the story, saying that he is, in fact, vaccinated And he says Brown would even be willing to get a booster shot on live TV.
2: This is an Odyssey original. Find us and others on the Odyssey app, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher.